Hello, everyone. Welcome to In the Neighborhood with your host, Tim Johnson and Stacey Borgo. Together, they are finding out what makes the heart of the heartland. They sit down with people in your community that lead organizations, businesses, and government. You'll learn who they are and what they're involved in and why. They are the people in your neighborhood. It's In the Neighborhood with Stacey Borgo and Tim Johnson. My name's Tim Johnson, and we have Stacy Borjo. Morning. And today we have Lisa Dodson of uh, Oregon Gift, of, Gift Hope. of Hope. There we go. Yes. Sorry. Morning. Uh, how are you? I'm great. It's Valentine's Day. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And it's uh, National Donor Day. That's awesome. kind of crazy. I know. I know. This Perfect just timing. Exactly. The stars aligned. <laughs> what is more love than giving a heart? That's right. Or any organ or tissue for that matter. Yeah. So, yes. Wow. So uh, you kind of hinted towards what you do, but yes. tell us what you do. Yes. Well, I'm Lisa Dotson, as you said, and I am the Community Affairs Manager for Gift of Hope Organ and Tissue Donor Network. And basically what that means is Gift of Hope is a federally designated not-for-profit. And we coordinate all of the organ and tissue donation process here in the northern two-thirds of Illinois and up into a little part of Indiana. And we also support donor families. So it's, uh, it's a great mission. You know, it's about every making every opportunity to make organ and tissue donation happen. Wow. Okay. So I got a little story. Um, I have a cousin who has, uh, four kids. Mm -hmm. His wife ended up having, um, liver disease or a kidney disease Mm -hmm. and, um, needed a transplant. Two out of the four kids needed, transplants oh they needed as well and so two the two siblings that had good kidneys gave to the two siblings that needed them and there was a one in one hundred thousand chance that her husband would be able to give and he was able to give so it's something amazing but that's extremely rare right yes within a family all within a family well I'd like to share with you, I have a story before we talk specifically, um, because, you know, for those of us that have been impacted by organ and tissue donation, it's very personal, like everything. It is about the stories. I mean, you hear these stories. Well, I have a story. And my story is that I've been in this field for 17 years, so quite a long time. Um... And I've had the opportunity to work with some just incredible people, donor families, recipients, and so forth. However, on November 14th of 2016, my personal and professional worlds collided. So I went through the death and donation process with my husband. And uh, I'm very proud to say we were married for over 31 years, together 37, met him the night of my high school prom because my boyfriend broke up with me and I didn't (laughs) go. So, but you know, everything has a silver lining, right? And so anyway, um, my husband, he had kidney cancer, renal cell carcinoma, and 
as a result of his medical condition, he was ruled out for organ and the type of death and so forth. However, he was able to be a cornea donor. And so two men in Michigan have the gift of sight because of Dan. So it's really coincidental, and again, I believe that the stars do align and the universe speaks and all of that because um, I have my story to share, which, of course, makes it even that much more personal. Mm -hmm. So I encourage everyone, when I talk about organ and tissue donation and transplantation, uh, one of the questions that I get frequently is, am I too old? Or, you know, I have this or that. Can I really be a donor? Mm -hmm. And I say, register. Let us determine if you're medically eligible. That's our job. And just just register because just like in my husband's case, you know, what's a more precious gift than the gift of sight? Yeah, and two people. Two people. Like Both of his corneas were transplanted to two different men. So, it you know, that's my story of hope. That's an amazing story. Thanks Thank for sharing you. that with us. Yeah, yeah, I believe he's with us all the time, and he's he's proud of the fact that I get to tell his story. Yeah. Yeah. So I was driving down the road just last week, and somebody posted on their vehicle that somebody in their family needs a kidney. I've seen some of those and vehicles. that just tugged at my heart, and it's like... Wow. Um, you know, how does somebody give? Register. That's absolutely, if I can say one word, it is, you know, make your wishes known by becoming a registered donor. And you can do that when you go in the, into excuse me, the DMV mm-hmm. to get your license or get your license renewed. You can do that electronically on our website, Life Goes On. You can also, I'm sorry, Life Goes On is the Secretary of State. Who oh, I was going to say, okay. The donor registry, and we partner with them and work very closely. And you can go to that website as well to register. But you can also go to giftofhope.org. Okay. So, but yeah, the key is, and what I also say about the importance of registering, and like I said, I've been through this, and obviously my husband was going to be a donor if he could be, but um, I tell people, you know, at the time of tragedy, when a loved one is dying, is not the time you want to make that decision. Right. You want to know your loved one's wishes prior to facing a tragedy. It's one less thing that that complicates an already very, very difficult situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the key is really to register. So take out your driver's licenses <laughs> and take a look and see if you're a donor or not. And if you're not, go online right now. Um, and if, if I may say, um, I have my Gift of Hope attire on because... Tonight we're going to be at Gift of Hope is going to have a donor registration table. Oh, great! At the Bradley basketball game down at the Peoria Civic Center. So if you're a little electronically shy, just come to the basketball game and you can register, and we'll make sure that you get you know we get your card into the database. That's a pretty quick and easy form. What it just required because I filled it out at Rotary last yes, week. <laughs> I handed Thank it to you. you. So much. Although I'm already a donor. <laughs> I just didn't know if you needed it, something separate for the tissue part. No. Because I know it's an organ donor, 
but it's organ and tissue when you register with the DMV? That is a great, great question So, or comment because when you do register, you're registering to be a donor for everything, okay. whether it's organ. And tissue includes cornea. It includes skin and bone and ligaments, lots of things that are very commonly needed for procedures today to enhance the quality of life. Mm -hmm. You know, for folks that have back injuries or knee injuries. Um, So yeah, it it actually includes everything when you say yes. And then again, it's up to us to determine the medical eligibility. Which is nice because I'm sure a lot of people are just thinking the bigger items, right, of what you can donate. Right. And when you say skin, I'm like, I never even thought about skin. And skin is life-saving. Um, for folks that have suffered burns, um, what skin does it is it provides a patch, so to speak, so that the wound can heal. Mm-hmm. And without that healing, Um, obviously some people do not, um, they're not able to survive a burn, a severe burn incident. Yeah. Yeah. So blood types are something, there's certain people that can receive certain types, so you have to be a match, right? For organs. Organs and tissue both reside, reside in the world of donation. The process, however, is very, very different for organ and tissue. So when we talk about solid organs, um, the organ goes directly from the donor to the recipient, which includes all of that matching and a lot. I mean, the whole procedure to actually um, place organs Mm -hmm. is extremely uh, filled with lots of different dimensions, let's say. For tissue, tissue is different. So if you think about bone, I'm going to use the example of bone. If you think about bone, um, it's not that, let's say, a femur goes from this person to this person. Bone and all the other tissues are actually processed, depending on the type of tissue. Okay. So bone can actually result in, I think the last count was over 650 different forms. Wow. So it can be a part of dental procedures, as I mentioned, back procedure, anything involving, you know, bone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's really cool um, what can be done. And again, just like the gift of sight, you know, if you speak to someone that is suffering, losing their sight, there's no greater gift than a cornea transplant. If you're somebody that's used to being very, very active and all of a sudden you have severe back pain or you have a knee that needs to be replaced, I mean, I, I would beg to say that those are life-saving even though we refer to it as life-enhancing, you sure. know, being able to maintain your quality of life. Wow. Is it enough for somebody just to tell their spouse or tell their loved one that they're, they would donate? Well, you're still by doing that. And we always say, you know, first and foremost, register. But in order to register, I always encourage people to be informed. 
you know, answer all the questions, make sure you have all the facts and it is the right decision for you. Um, given that it is definitely talk to your family and friends because they again need to know it's all about communication, right? Mm -hmm. They need to know what your last wishes are. Um, if you're in the registry, it is actually a legally binding decision. Mm. So as an organization that coordinates that process, we're obligated. So you can imagine if a family is not aware of their loved one's wishes. Might be a little shock. <laughs> and, yeah. and they're not maybe one that supports organ and tissue donation. It can be very complicated. So you raise an excellent point. Not only register, but talk to family and friends and loved ones about your decision. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. So tonight, talk to your family and, and, and go through this because it is something that it's going to save a life. Correct. It uh, is. And I also wanted to mention, um, it's very exciting. This year, there was some new legislation that was yeah. passed, and it's called the Drive for Life Act. And what that allows is it allows 16 and 17-year-olds to register. And the caveat to the 16 and 17-year-olds is that they can register however a parent can override that decision should a tragedy occur and they, you know, are not in support. However, again, it lets their 16 and 17-year-olds know, you know, their family knows that they wish to be a donor. Um, the other thing that it does, which is, I, when I saw these numbers, I couldn't believe it. It has the potential of increasing the number of people in the donor registry mm -hmm. by 350,000. It's huge. So that's, that's pretty amazing numbers. So we're spending a lot of time this year trying to outreach, educate, do awareness mm -hmm. regarding that legislation. So going into some of the schools and talking to your drivers. Yes. And one of the exciting things that we're doing this year for 2018 is we've partnered with the IHSA, oh, cool. the Illinois High School Association. And so we know how big March Madness is here in Peoria. So Gift of Hope will be there with the donor <laughs> registration table at March Madness. And in fact, the events get kicked off uh, a week from Friday at ISU Redbird Arena for the girls' basketball tournament. Wow. So, yeah, lots of good stuff. So, so you'll be at all the games. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I will. <laughs> so what are some of the biggest objections that people have about having donations, and how do you overcome that? You know, um, interestingly, we have done a lot of community-based focus groups to kind of understand and know what, those myths might be that are still out there. Mm -hmm. A couple of the biggest ones are I'm too old or I'm not healthy enough. And again, we've addressed that, right? Um, just register and let us do all of that medical assessment and determine which path, you know, you are medically eligible for. Um, the other, you know, the other thing is, and I find this a little crazy but it's true we still hear a lot that people are concerned will they really try to save me if they oh. know that i'm an organ donor 
And I say to people, I say, you know, think about this. People that went into the medical field went into it to save lives. And so when they're faced with knowing that someone, and in the procedure to declare brain death, which is required for organ donation, it's medical testing. I mean, the person is legally dead. Um, but, you know, oftentimes some of our, the people that we really need to bring on board is some of the medical community because their focus is on saving lives. However, not all lives can be saved. Mm -hmm. And so it's at that time that we give people the opportunity, if you will, to maybe save somebody else's life or leave a legacy, you know. So what we try to do, um, we have lots of literature. We try to address the common myths and misconceptions and speak about them, you know, like we are here today. Um, and I encourage people, you know, do the research because those kind of questions, another one is about religion. You know, do all religions support donation? And really across the board, yes, they do. Um, and we always can, during the recovery process, especially this is more for tissue than organ, you know, if, if we're recovering bone, mm -hmm. let's say, we ask the family as part of the process, do you have special requirements for the funeral? Because that's another question that we get a lot. Mm -hmm. Can my loved one have an open casket? Sure. Yes. Another one, is there a cost? No. There's absolutely no cost associated with donating. So those are the biggies mm -hmm. that we hear a lot. Some of them I haven't even thought of. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that yeah, um don't think about, but how do you raise funds? Um, actually, our mission is not about raising funds. We are a federally designated. And as such, we're part of the healthcare system. So, for example, a lot of times people ask me, how do you know someone has died? How does the process start? Oh. Good and question. it is a good question. Mm -hmm. And if the death occurs in the hospital, the hospital is mandated to call every death to us through our call center mm -hmm. so that we're aware that the death has occurred. We can check the registry and we know how to proceed. So you have someone on standby. Oh, we're 24-7, absolutely. Um, and the process starts from the other end of town. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, it's amazing. And the number of people that we coordinate with, like the coroner, mm -hmm. sometimes the state's attorney, the funeral home, the medical professionals, there's a lot of people involved in the process. So are those all paid staff or I mean, no, we no. always talk about volunteers? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. No, no, no. These are people that we call partners. Okay. You know, the medical community is a partner. They're also mandated to make the referral. And so that's where some of the funds come into place, you know, in terms of them meeting the requirements and reimbursement and so forth. Real quick, we're here with uh, Lisa Dodson of Gift of Hope. 
and we're talking about organ donation. Um, yes, it is um, Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. and, and where's your red? Happy Heart Day. You're in trouble. Yeah, well. <laughs> that's why you brought out the cup, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? That's the cup. That's <laughs> it, yeah, that's the cup. So, um, you know, you, you think about loved ones, and this is a hard decision, even before the the choice well not necessarily a hard decision but it's a hard thing to talk about right absolutely death no one wants to talk about death at the dinner table right right but, but as you said it's a legacy so your <clears throat> loved one is living on through boy all these different donations it's you know multiple right right more than just one person is being affected right and you know it's um I shared this story um, last week, and I actually received a letter because that's part of the communication in being a donor family. You do receive communication from the organization that recovered, whether it be organ or tissue. And we have community partners. Eversight is actually the iBank that does the cornea recoveries. And it was so, again, like today, it's National Donor Day. You know, we're sitting here talking about it. Um, the day after my husband's death, I mean, the day I was to return back to work after my husband's death, I received the letter that said that there were the two men in Michigan that received, you know, the gift of sight. And it, I'm telling you my blood kind of stopped I mean it was about a month after his death and I thought somebody's trying to tell me something but yeah. going back to your point it's that legacy that gives me the opportunity to speak about Dan and to really honor him and keep his spirit alive yeah mm -hmm. so it's pretty cool that's that is pretty amazing. <laughs> you get to meet those guys, or have you ever um, talked to them? You know what the process by which you go go about a donor family mm -hmm. meeting a recipient is again a very tight process mm -hmm. because confidentiality and mm -hmm. privacy and maybe the donor family wants to meet the recipients mm -hmm. and maybe the recipients don't want to meet the donor sure. family. So I'm content in knowing that these folks are up in Michigan walking around with the gift of sight. <laughs> okay. yeah. um, but we oftentimes coordinate sure. donor family and recipient meetings, and they're very powerful. Um, for me, I'm very content in knowing what I know, but it's an option for those that would like to. Do very many people Actually, connect? quite a few do, and it's usually... Um, you know, the recipients are so grateful. You know, someone has just given them the gift of life. Mm -hmm. And typically, sometimes it's not face-to-face. -face. Sometimes it's just an exchange of letters. Mm -hmm. Not just, but, you know, sure. an opportunity to say thank you, and this is how I, own, I honor your loved one. Yeah. And speaking of that, I want to mention... Um, so there are there is um, this forum for donor or I'm sorry for recipients. It's called the Transplant Games, and Team Illinois actually we actually have a team. And so um, what this allows people to be able to do that are recipients is to participate in an Olympic style kind of venue, and 
really demonstrate what the gift of life has done for them. And so we have an ambassador who is a volunteer for Gift of Hope here in the community that received a liver. And she is the most passionate. I showed the picture um, last week. I did a presentation and I showed her really on desk door a picture and then how she looks today. And she's training to bring home the gold um, in the swimming event. And the transplant games are actually in August and they're in Salt Lake City. So we're excited to have Team Illinois. Um, mm -hmm. That's actually a separate organization that conducts those, but of course we all work together. So they're actually going to be competing. I didn't know yes. if this was like an internet game yes. or, or oh, no, what no, you're no, talking no. about. No, no, she like, is well, training. They just had a transplant. To, I don't know what this is. To get in the water. Wow. So people that have received transplants can compete in this Olympic style event. Because of the life that they receive. Right. And they're, you know, and. It's so much about honoring their donors. That's the theme, really. Mm -hmm. I've had the privilege of being to one of the transplant games that was up in Wisconsin several years ago. And the energy is amazing. I bet. Yeah, really is. So how, how young can a person be for a donation? You know what? Again, um, the age is not really an issue. There are infants that are able, um, we're able to recover, recover hearts, mm -hmm. which is a very high demand. Pediatric hearts are a very high demand. Um, and again, you know, there are some requirements as far as weight and size and so forth. But really, we're talking infants all the way up to... And, grade, well. and, and I never... I never, ever speak in terms of the upper age limit because I find the minute that we do, something changes. And that's what I tell anybody involved in the donation process because a lot of times we get that question, you know, from like coroners and different folks. Well, you know, if he or she is over 70, should we call? Yes, call. Because just like in the medical field, you know, there are new technologies, there's new initiatives, you know, there's just always rapidly changing things that can affect people in terms of donating or transplant, the transplantation process. Mm -hmm. huh. Wow. And there's a waiting list. Sure. Right? There is, absolutely. Um, in fact, I have... And I think this is, I, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I don't often speak on statistics. It's important. Um, but it's important. Mm -hmm. um, it's really about the stories that most of time people want to hear about and motivates them. But here in Illinois, we know that um, there's going to be, in fact, let me check my numbers because I've got national numbers sure. and I've also got numbers for Illinois. Um, but there are more than 4,700 people here in Illinois that are waiting to receive a life-saving organ. Wow. And an estimated 300 of those folks will die. Wow. So, yes, the need is definitely there just speaking on behalf of Illinois alone, but nationally it is as sure. well. The last, and this visual to me is very powerful. Um, <clears throat> there was something fa posted on Facebook around the time of the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. 
And if you can imagine, nationally, I believe the number is somewhere around two stadiums filled of people waiting for an organ. That's, that's the visual of putting it into context about how many people are waiting. Because no matter where you are, they won't just put it in Illinois. They're going to send your organs wherever they're needed. Well, there's actually a process in terms of um, trying to, and again, it's about a list because those that are the sickest are sure. the highest on the list. Mm -hmm. But in terms of placing organs, again, there's a very tight system. And part of that is based on the amount of time Mm -hmm. that it takes to get an organ to a recipient. Sure. So sometimes we have to place closely mm -hmm. because of factors like that. Sure. Yeah. But it could go further. It could go for further, Just yes. Depends. Yes, absolutely. Lots of great information. So we need everybody to go to your website, which is what again? It is um, Gift of Hope, right here on my shirt, <laughs> .org. Um, like I said, Secretary of State. Mm-hmm. Um, Life Goes On is also who we partner with because it's truly the Secretary of State that took the initiative in establishing and maintaining the donor registry here in Illinois. So we're, you know, we're very privileged to work very closely with them. Whenever you go get your license done, there's yes. always stuff there. So make sure you say yes. Yes. In fact, if I can mention, um, because of our partnership with the Secretary of State and having some very good friends, um, they had asked me last year if they could use my husband's picture in their brochure holders. So if you go to Peoria, Lakin, or Pekin, you can actually see Dan's picture as part of the brochure that wow. can give you additional information. We're always talking about how you can help in the Peoria area. This is, this is huge. Thank this you really so huge. much. It so. really, I'm, I'm so honored to be able to be here and speak about this with you guys today. Thank you very much, Lisa. We appreciate it. You're very welcome. Uh, make sure you share this on Facebook with anybody you know. Yes. Um, and um, make sure you like our, our Facebook page. And uh, like sharing is great in all ways around. Have a happy uh, Valentine's and happy Valentine's Day. Happy guys. Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> PeoriaLife.com.